Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. And uh, this podcast has changed its name to Turd Ferguson. Right now you're sitting in your sunsplash living room reading the morning news on your Kindle with a nice cup of coffee thinking, wow, I wish I would have gotten tickets for homebrew and chill so I can hang out with Bash Brew and the boys. Well, hopefully you're at homebrew and chill with us. And if it's still early and you don't have a ticket, you might still be able to get one. But if it's too late for today's event, you can still get your tickets at Drink the Cookie Table. Set to take place on Saturday, November 6, 2021 at 1 p.m. at the wonderful Spirit Hall in Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania. 20 breweries from Pittsburgh and around the nation will be under one roof to bring you incredible dessert beers in two separate sessions. Session 1 comes in at $55 a ticket and from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Session 2 is also $55 and from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Both sessions get you a taster glass and unlimited pours. So you can come see the likes of 412, Abjuration, Bash Brew, Cellar Works, Prototype, Tatter Flag, and many more. So head on over to TicketTaylor.com and search Drink the Cookie Table to get your tickets right now. Just make sure you tell them the boys sent you. So, Adam, we are back in the saddle. How are you today? Doing good. Keeping busy? Yes. Very much so. Brewing lots of beer. So yes. Psyched. If everyone would quit drinking all of your beer, you wouldn't have to brew so much beer. No, I keep drinking it. I love <laughs> well, you were just making Joge. Just did some Jojinator yeah. last night, did some cucumber last weekend. So we're gearing up for a little wedding and a beer festival in October right now. That's still yet to be announced. Yeah. so Because I have to make sure it's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> but put it on your radars. Put, put us on your radars somewhere uh, mid-October, I think. Yeah, mid-October. Yeah. If it's happening, it's October 16th. Okay. So just mark it down your calendars real quick. If you want to come hang out in the nice, crisp fall weather, wear your flannels and your big brimmed hats, you'll match me. That's what I'll be wearing when I'm out there. Uh, so, uh, again, you know, we're getting prepped up for some cool competitions, and Drink the Cookie Table is kind of next on the list for Bash Brew, uh, unless the October 16th event kicks off. And there might be some other stuff in between, too. I'm not too sure. Some things in the works. So just keep your eyes open and just watch the socials, the KNWTB on all socials, and of course, Bash underscore Brew on all socials, and we'll make sure we get you there. So, Adam. You went to something really cool. You went to Barrel and Flow. I did. And thank you for that. And I did not black home. Black. Wow. <laughs> Are you drinking now? I did. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had a couple today. I did not black out until I got back home. Beautiful. Uh, at the after party we had down here in the Jejitorium. Wonderful. So I, 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 it was really nice. It was uh, in a very nice area of the city, nice and spread out. So it was easy to kind of... Um, Take your time in between beers. Didn't seem rushed. There weren't like long lines for anything, um, and had a great time. Had some great beers. Yeah, I saw some of the posts, and I, uh, most notably like Hello Brutiful um, Pittsburgh. She puts up awesome pictures. So she was able to take some pretty cool shots of how. I mean that that festival really took over. Yeah, downtown, which was nice, man. I mean, it's a it's a cool festival. It's and it does have national recognition. I was reading reports on it from like USA Today and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool to see that it's it's going everywhere. And like I think you said on the last podcast, other nations are trying to figure out how to do the same thing. Yeah, from what it, from what I've heard. Yeah. So it's it's huge, and, and it's it's all, it's all originating here in the Berg, which is yeah great. And it was a success from everything I understand. Yeah. Ticket sales were great. The vibes were awesome. Things went well. Really cool vibe. Met some friends of the brewery and the podcast that I hadn't met before or haven't seen in a really long time. Uh, yeah, it was just a really good day. And it's wonderful. And the cool thing is, is that you think a lot like me. And when you go to a place and you say, hmm, 
I like this here. Do I like it at home? You grab beers. Yeah. So it's round one. We have beers. Put them together. Call it round one beers. What we got? So I actually ordered this one in line after tasting it. Uh, we have Sweet Delight from Abjuration Brewing Company, friends of the podcast. Uh, it is their white stout with peanut butter, honey, vanilla, and milk sugar. And then this was a collab with PBJ Customs, which are some great artists in Pittsburgh uh, who actually did the label for the beer, anybody that has them. So, yeah, I went the day after uh, a beer fest to go pick these up. <laughs> <laughs> gave me gave me a reason to kind of nurse my hangover on Sunday. Yeah. And I can tell you, another, so the, the album, I almost said album art. I'm showing my age. The can art here is awesome. It is it's, it's like a model. She's wearing some honeycomb, and she's got uh, like a waffle cone around her waist. I think it's a peanut dress. Peanut dress? My peanut, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, big honey it's drip. Like a peanut shell. Super rich colors all over the can. And, of course, you got the cool barrel and float emblem on the back. Um, so, real quick before we start diving into everything here, make sure you check out and follow Barrel and Flow on all social media because this is going to come back. Uh, it's going to be back for 2022, and I will get my ticket for that one. And of course, uh, friends of the podcast over there at Abjuration. If you want to find out what's going on with them, you just search out Abjuration Brewing, and they're on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, they just I just saw it today they started construction on their outdoor patio space. So Congratulations. Yeah, big news out of yeah. for them too. And this was my my and my wife's favorite label art of the festival. And I, I think yeah. I I don't want to speak for her, but I think it was her favorite beer. I couldn't pick one for a favorite, but this is definitely one of my favorites for the festival. Yeah, I like this one a lot, man. Um it, it says it clocks in with some it's some peanut butter, honey vanilla and milk sugar and i can tell you right now the peanut butter is the main star of this thing loving it uh we also see some two row of course a lactose in there. there's madagascar vanilla beans uh yeah coming in at 5.6 this is this is nice man yeah and it's crazy how much peanut i get or peanut butter i get in the nose and the flavor usually i get it one place or the other this is all throughout and I st that honey still comes through, and that sweetness yeah. is still there. It's very delicious. It, it's all very balanced. I mean, I, and I think they were smart because the the peanut butter is the star. Because um, peanut butter has that unique ability to elevate flavor profiles like vanilla, like honey, and they accompany very well. This is fantastic. I'm glad. Thank you for grabbing this, by the way. Yeah, and I'm grateful it was only five point six percent because I think it was one of my first like ten beers of the morning. So. <laughs> what were some of the other ones you really liked? Uh, Trillium had a great. Uh, I think it was a double IPA there. Um, the one our friends at Brew Gentlemen did with Run the Jewels was phenomenal. Killer Mike, baby. Yeah, Hitchhiker had a great collab there. Um, our friends at Burgers had a really cool. Uh, Dunkel, I believe, with hazelnut in it, Ooh, which okay. was a really cool lager. Yeah. And then Dennis's collab with Our Town was a uh, pineapple uh, hibiscus IPA. Yeah, that's right. That was really good. Damn. Really cool color, really good flavor. But uh, Revolution Brewing had some killer stuff out there, a really good stout, and the West Coast IPA we had on last week. Um, so, yeah, it was there, was there was no losers in my yeah. mind. What's really cool, too, is I think because Barrel and Flow, I think, is a really unique opportunity to showcase – uh, you know, black culture, black art, black breweries, black business. And I think it it also gives breweries an opportunity to really, like, get experimental with some stuff, too. Like, 
you're you're combining with some artists that bring some really cool ideas to you know the table and you kind of want to match their energy and they come with that like cool like vibrant art artsy style and these and these beers are all the same way they're all like they all have a twist to them a little bit you know it's but it's awesome i mean the couple beers i've had from the barrel and flow sample uh this one included now like you said i haven't had a bad one yeah yeah yeah, and 18th, uh, 18th Street, who did the collab with Revolution, which is a big mid- – Revolution's a huge Midwest Chicago brewery. Uh, they actually had a stand right next to Revolution. So it was like, oh, you can have the collab and then go see what they do in Indiana oh, in, so their, cool. in their black-owned small craft brewery. And they actually uh, – thinking of them, they had a killer barrel-aged stout that was only like 5%. Like it was low ABV but like – had all the flavor in the world. Oh, so I misinterpreted. I thought they were the, only the collabs are on poor over there. They had their other stuff no, there too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. shit. So <laughs> almost everybody has a collab, and then they'll have one to three other beers. That's it. And it just so happened, 18th Street collabed with Revolution. So Revolution was serving the collab. So 18th Street came all the way from Indiana to Pittsburgh and just poured two of their. That's so cool. What they do. That's which awesome. Which was really man. cool to see. So another big reason why I'm going to go to it next year. Yeah. Because I was like, I was like, first and foremost, I wanted to see. I love art and I love beer, and they put it together. Uh, I love that first and foremost. Plus, like supporting Dennis. I love. We love Dennis, of course. Listen to the last episode. We clearly love Dennis. Um, but trying all the other beers too, man. That'd be that's just something really cool. And I'm I'm amazed too now that you didn't black out. Yeah. <laughs> well, got- once I got home. Well, not <laughs> once I got home. We probably drank with quite a group of people from the fest. Uh, including the guys from Hop Nation, including Dennis. So I got pretty deep in. Um, oh, yeah. And then couldn't bob my head above water anymore. <laughs> but didn't feel too bad the next day, surprisingly. But, yeah, I definitely went nighty-night. Oh, yeah. At, like, uh, 2.30, I think. That's pretty good for a Dennis night. Yeah. I, I kept my head up until everybody left. And then it was good job. bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. So Adam goes into melted candle mode when he gets to a certain point, and that's when you know it's time to go bye-bye. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of national breweries that also come in that we – don't get here in Pittsburgh. And next year I met with both, went to meetings for both homebrew clubs here in Pittsburgh, uh, in Allegheny County. And they're both going to try to get to next year's as well. They were in the prior iterations of barrel and flow when it was fresh fest. Uh, this year of course was kind of hectic and the brew clubs weren't meeting as regularly. So we missed out this year, but we're going to try to get some homebrew there next year with some collabs. Oh, well. yeah, dude. I would love to see uh, – you know it would be really cool if you could collab up with um, Baron Batch. If you could somehow get a hold of him and you guys could – Baron ba- – uh, what is it? Baron Bash. Yeah. That would be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, where are you at, Baron? We got, a, we got a collab ready for you for next year for Baron and Flo. Get us at the KNWTB and all social media, man. So, Adam, of course, we could live in our, our love for Baron and Flo – but we have to move on to some things that might not be so great. Thank, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank God we have some beers. Okay. So Extreme Rules 2021 from the flagship WWE is set to kick off, uh, I think, on September 29th. Um, so the problem with this card was is it was full. And then Vince, to combat the ratings that AEW pulled, pulled some of the matches from Extreme Rules and put it on cable television. Which, and it worked, kind of, and then it just gutted Extreme Rules, which is supposed to be like an extreme, like, like the name it is. It's supposed to be like some hardcore rule matches. Kevin right. Owens usually has a match, and of course, you don't know what's going on with him. So, 
We're going to dive into it. And it's scheduled for September 26th. I apologize. In Columbus, Ohio at Nationwide Arena. Um, hey, that's close. We yeah. should get tickets. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would. You couldn't pay me. Yeah, there's no way. There's not a single match here. I think that I want to see. There's but, one, but I already know the finish. So. Yep. So, uh, right now, there's only four matches that are confirmed for this card. As we sit here right now, we're recording this on Thursday, September 16th. Um, so I'm sure they're going to add some matches in the meantime. But right now, these are the four that we can kind of make predictions on. So the first match we have here is uh, Becky Lynch bringing in the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. So if you don't know the storyline in this, just don't worry about that because it's very quick. Um, and for people who support women's wrestling, it may feel a little bit of a slap in the face. But Bianca Belair lost her belt in, what, 27 seconds? Some, yeah. Yeah. At SummerSlam. So uh, Becky Lynch is bringing it back in to fight Bianca Belair. Um I, unfortunately, for this match, I unfortunately think that Becky Lynch is going to retain this belt. I don't think they're going to let Bianca Belair um, take the strap off Becky. But I do think they're going to let Bianca and Sasha go back at it to see the number one contender for Becky. And Sasha is going to go over Bianca. And it's going to be the Becky-Sasha SmackDown match that everybody has allegedly wants. And Bianca will just roll down the card. Yep. And then she'll go back to being a mid-card uh, speciality. I mean, as long as they get 10 minutes this time, at least, uh, I'm okay with that. As long well, as it's, it's only four match. matches. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, McMahon pulling all the pulling all the bells and whistles off of this didn't help. I just saw before the podcast started, Dynamite beat Raw again. So. Yeah. And, uh, and for good reason, too. Um, yeah, and Dynamite didn't even have... I mean, it was a setup show for next week, yeah. which next week's show is going to ne destroy. Next week in general is going to destroy. Not to get off, too off topic. But uh, I totally agree with you on... <laughs> I totally agree with you on match number one. I think Becky Lynch is going to keep it. I just hope for a good showcase of both women's skills in this to kind of make up for what happened at SummerSlam. Yeah, but I just think right now with the way that Vince has been rolling, he... I don't know. It's just not going to fare well for Bianca. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Bianca is going to take a bit of a tumble here, which is going to suck. Uh, on to a match that I actually wouldn't mind watching again. I think these matches are great when they go. It's uh, Damian Priest and Sheamus we, for the United States Championship. We've seen this match, what, about three times now? Yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. I mean, they're good, but. It's not pay-per-view worthy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done. Like, Unless, why isn't this a hardcore rule? Why isn't this a hardcore? Why are match? none of these? <laughs> yeah, none of them are. I'm looking ahead. I just see singles, 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 yeah. singles. Every every one of these matches, aside from Becky and Bianca, that's the one I wouldn't put hardcore rules matches on. Uh, yeah, but the other ones here, like Damian Priest and Sheamus, you've already gone through a triple threat match. You've already done singles competition with each other. Yeah, go hardcore last man standing or something. Like yeah, this. Something and blow like off the feud. Yeah, absolutely. You can finally get this thing. No, because they got to run it back a fourth time for yeah. Hell in the Cell. <sighs> yeah, they'll put it on for Hell in a the Cell, then Vince McMahon will pull it and put it on fucking Raw <laughs> or something. <laughs> so I think you obviously, Damian Priest is going to go over again on Sheamus. Sheamus is doing great work right now as a heel, but he needs somebody. He need, I think Sheamus needs to be elevated. I think a feud between Sheamus and Big E would be kind of cool for at least a short interim. Uh, since Big E is now on top of the mountain. But, you know, it's Seamus. Seamus is a showman. Damian Priest is on the way up. Let Damian Priest keep the strap and let Seamus go on to something bigger. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not, I can't say anything different there. 
Um, if you take the belt off of Damian Priest, that's stupid. Um, so I think, yeah, just beat him in another hard-hitting match and elevate Priest as much as he can with a repeat match. Like, yeah. He needs some fresh blood. Where's that? Where's Umberto? Where's he at? I don't know. He might have got hurt. I'm not sure. Yeah, because that what a great if that if it was Priest and Umberto going after it, I think it'd be Although, some pretty good matches. Then you got face face. Yeah, but I think I think sometimes those respect matches, like the handshake matches, they can work. You just can't run them for three months, like WWE. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a best of five series. <laughs> uh, so we move on to a match. That, you know who I want to see? Yeah. Now that you brought that up, okay. Cesaro. I don't know if it's the right brand Who's that? or whatever. But Cesaro Priest would be great. Who says? He used to do the swing thing. Oh, yeah. the the uh, what do they call him? The the Dutchland Destroyer or the, something? The Swiss Mint Carter. Oh, that's it. Yeah, the Swiss cheese. Where the fuck is Cesaro? Man? I mean, he he's a lot like Sheamus as far as like heavy striking, but yeah, it's a it's a fresh opponent. It is, and I think too, uh, and he's got good size, like. It, yeah, you know. I think he and Damian Priest are of equivalent like body type, mm-hmm. and Cesaro does put on a really good match. I, you know what sucks, man? That you thought about that, and he wasn't even in my brain. I went to Humberto because I I don't know what to do anymore with the mid card titles. Where's the IC title? Who has that? Don't even know who has it. Don't yeah. know who has the US either. It's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. Or no, we just did yeah, the US. US title. Yeah, Damian okay. Priest has that, but I don't know where's the IC title. Is it gone? Do they, do they just make it the U.S. title? Oh, um. <laughs> I don't even know. Crap. Cruz. Does Apollo Cruz have it still? Uh, no. He lost it. Oh, I have no idea then. Because he, he had that new gimmick that was going on. Sami Zayn might have it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out later. So, uh, moving on to a match here that developed rather quickly and doesn't really have uh, the build that I think that it should have. Uh, Charlotte Flair is putting her Raw Women's Championship on the line against Alexa Bliss. Um, this could be a cool match. It could be because both of them, both of them can wrestle. Let's just put it out there right now. They can both put on a show, but you're trying to take Charlotte Flair, who is the quintessential, like wall of hatred for the universe. And you're putting her up against Alexa bliss. Who's supposed to be some supernatural character. Both of them are supposed to sell storylines and you give them no storyline to sell. Yeah, I mean, the only silver lining to this match is Nia Jax is out. Yeah. Um, you can't <laughs> hurt anybody it. now. I don't think there's any way Alexa Bliss is taking this unless you make it Extreme Rules in the next few weeks and she can win it by nefarious means and then they can put it back on Charlotte in two weeks. Yeah. You know, but. Which will they? We'll yeah. They'll put it on Raw. And then <laughs> this card is flat as fuck. It is, man, and it's it's hard to punch it up because you gotta like, think about like the next step here. Like, look at the last one here. We're gonna talk about Roman Reigns taking on Finn Balor, and he's coming back as the Demon, and it's for the Universal Championship. And, and you know that Roman takes the belt. That's yeah. a given. And I'll I'll guess twenty two minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like right around that twenty two minute mark, it'll be a. Hard-fought victory for Roman, beating the slaying the demon, going into whatever fucking pay-per-views next. And it's so dumb that that's how this is going to be because I mean Roman Reigns is on a collision course with Brock Lesnar. They're going to fight for custody of Paul Heyman, and I don't know. I just don't know what what do you do with Finn? 
Yeah, I mean, why is that not this one? Yeah, why why aren't they just yeah. doing it here? You, you really you, need it for Survivor Series? Are they waiting all the way till Mania for that shit? Well, if you, I'll tell you this too. So the the Brock reemergence wasn't supposed to come about until they got closer to Survivor Series, but Vince was losing to AEW, so he had to think of something. So he debuted three people in a matter of. They a week have small and guys. Yeah. Well, we got Finn. We Finn got get out them, there. We got them indie guys. You're friends with those elite fellas. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it's just going to make Finn look bad. Weak. Like, yeah. Weak. There's nothing, you know what to do. Put the IC title on him because I don't know who the IC yeah. champion is. It's elevate, elevate it with uh, <laughs> Finn Balor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it would be kind of cool too. Finn, Finn Balor might have a chance here because they're going to bring back Shinsuke Nakamura. He's the IC champion. That's it. Thank you. I just okay. remember. Which, yes, book that. Finn versus Shinsuke. I'd, I'd much rather watch that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Master of Hardstyle taking on the Demon. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd buy that six times, uh, which is what you would probably see it once it gets booked. So, uh, again, Roman Reigns takes the championship over Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I'd I like to see Finn get into that. Or they have the King of the Ring tournament coming up pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah, and I sure do. It could be time for Finn Balor to King get into something Balor? like that. King Balor. I don't know. I don't. I think that gimmick's death for everybody you think? that touches it. Yeah, since like 1998. Uh, I mean, really, was King Corbin anything? That no, was nothing. No, right. Sheamus won it that one year. That sucked. The only two people I can really remember taking off when they got King of the Ring was Triple H because he he broke away from that like snooty persona when he won it. I don't think he did. He win it. He won. I don't remember that. Uh, William Regal, and he took he was. I think Regal was the last good one. Yeah, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold when he that's broke. what it launched his career. Yeah. yeah, so those those were like significant instances here. But yeah, like, yeah, but that's all back in the nineties. Regal was like early two thousands. Yeah, think. but yeah, the last couple were like Corbin, Sheamus, uh, Wade Barrett, who like got the gimmick yeah. and was fired a year later. Yeah, like yeah, and now he does commentary right for NXT. 2.0, so yeah, 3. keep 0. that freaking crown away from everybody. <laughs> so a match that was supposed to be on here was the uh, was the uh, Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley title fight, which we'll get into that here in a second. Pushed yeah. So well, uh, yeah, not to spoil, but like, what do you think? Given who the champion is on the other brand, what, what match do you think they're going to do there? Who even knows? Yeah, I mean. You you built you built up nobody, and you have no tag matches yet. None, none. So. It's disrespect to tag teams. Well, do you? Th here, oh, here's the fuck. I just thought about this. Here's a fucked up thing that's going to happen. It's going to be Bobby Lashley and MVP taking on RK Bro on this card for the Raw tag team titles. Because that match didn't end up happening on Raw. I didn't watch Raw this week. Uh, I don't except for the big news I, I went back and watched yeah. that i don't think that i'm not sure i but, think that got scrapped i think you're right or they did both matches or they did both but they can just run it back anyway so right. but uh, yeah this card's flat i would say if you have the opportunity to not buy it and just stream it on peacock it might be worth putting on the background but if you have to pay like 50 bucks to watch it don't do oh, it no. don't do it um so we're gonna get into some of this so from buckle to bell the boys bring you the best pro wrestling news in the biz so first and foremost Triple H is gone. Our dad is gone. And Vince McMahon is playing with NXT. And I can tell you, NXT 2.0 or 3.0, if you know how to count using your fingers and toes, it was a dud. I mean, Tommaso 
Champa? Champa. Champa. See, I always say One of my favorites, man. Tommaso Champa. He's the new champ, and that's awesome because I never pronounced his last name right, but I love watching (laughs) Tommaso. He was one of the best things about NXT. I thought he was always, like, a very aggressive, gritty like anti-hero and you got his first name right yeah and that's you all, nailed the first name the, it's i'm all about first names old tommy champa yeah old tommy champa so it was funny too because vince wants those big linebacker motherfuckers and he puts it on a quote-unquote indie guy so well we look at the first match of the night and it's la Knight, who's set to be in the main event four-way not even the, i'm sorry he's set to be in the four-way fatal four-way for the title right and he gets accosted by Braun Breaker with two K's. So you look at Braun Breaker and you're like, hmm, he looks familiar. Why does he have a box head and a big set of shoulders? That's because he's fucking Rick Steiner's kid. Uh, and of course, following all the other guys, he tried his hand at the NFL and then he didn't do well at that, which that's hard. No qualms with that. Right. But then you sign with WWE as the February NXT class. Uh, so now he is Braun Breaker. Instead of being what? Braun Steiner, whatever his yeah. real Steiner. freaking name is. Like, what? why That's... are you covering up the Steiner? That's, so, for example, WWE, Brian Pillman Jr. in <laughs> AEW Sells. is a bland character, mm-hmm. is okay in the ring right Sells. now. But what's boosting him up the card and what's selling him to the crowd is... His namesake. Pelman. Like, come on. <laughs> you got to use these generation superstars the way they're meant to be used. Like, it's ridiculous. It, yeah. And here's the thing, too. You look at Breaker, how he was in the ring. Super green. Super stiff. L.A. Knight. Very fluid. There's a reason why he's in the Fatal 4 match. He gets quintessentially squashed by Braun Breaker. Only then to wrestle one hour later. And I, I wrote in here, because kayfabe or whatever. Because I don't <laughs> – this has Vince McMahon's rubber stamp of approval all over it. And, like, the insiders that I that I get info from, they say that this this NXT card changed several times leading up to – before they pulled the curtain. Yeah. Like, this thing was changing the whole Papa time. Because Papa H was gone. Yeah. Triple H isn't there to secure this thing. He, Triple H doesn't always make the best decisions, but he can at least schedule a card. Him and Sean, they can do it. Uh, so LA Knight did wrestle in the Fatal Four Way for the NXT title an hour later. Um, he puts up a great battle despite getting his ass handed to him by Braun Breaker. Two Ks, yeah. And also, too, why is the NXT title match not the main event? Because you had a wedding, man. Yeah, you got a wedding. Can oh, I ask you? So you watched it? Was it live? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, that's why. Yeah, that's the only excuse they have. Is because you had to set the ring up for the wedding. That's true. So that's the if it was taped, there's no excuse. Yeah, but that's so that's I think why. Can you tell me why the good excuse is to why Kyle O'Reilly was written out of the Fatal Four Way? Only if he has a legit injury. He does. I mean, other than that, no. He's because not in it. If you wanted to throw somebody else in, you know how you get them in. La Knight got beat earlier in the night. He's out. Put somebody else in. Yeah. Yeah. But Kyle O'Reilly, he was written out of the Fatal Four Way. So who took his spot? Oh God, man, I. Gun to my head, dude. I couldn't even it tell you. It should have been Braun Breaker. <laughs> it should have been Braun Breaker because he wrestled his way into it. I'm sorry. I did not watch the match. I just saw that Ciampa won and honestly, Breaker wasn't using his dad's name. And I was like, wow, this sounds yeah. infuriating. I was so excited to watch the match because of LA Knight, Kyle O'Reilly, and Tommaso. That, that, there's, a third guy was in there. A fourth guy was in there. And I don't know who it is. I can't remember. Hmm. Pete, Pete Dune. Pete Dune. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Dune. My favorite. 
Uh, so he's soon a, to be an AEW. Soon to be an AEW. <laughs> uh, so the the main event is a segment, as we talked about, and it was the Index Wedding, uh, which I'll say this: I watched it. It was a very nice piece of comedic wrestling. It is what it is. It's what you wanted it to be. But what I'm trying to get across here is that we had a we we've seen weddings a, a ton. You can put that in the middle of your show. You put it at the beginning, the beginning of your show. Of your show. Yeah. It could be a YouTube exclusive. Not only that, it's oh, Dexter Loomis spoke though. It's so great. I do. You know what they did there? The clever thing they did is they used uh, Dexter, a, a serial killer on from Showtime, and then Loomis, which is from Halloween, and he's a creepy serial killer guy. Wait a minute, because you, you know you can creepy serial kill on pro wrestling. Are you telling me right now? That they stole ideas. Which was his same fucking character from <laughs> Impact, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Dead-eyed stare, wrestling in cargo pants with when some he was When he was gloves. Samuel Shaw, which was my favorite character on TNA <laughs> for that time period. Because yeah. it was so ridiculous. It's terrible, man. So, of course, at the end of this whole thing, the only thing I really have to say is, Hunter, please get well soon. Yeah. <laughs> Save yeah. this brand. I, I hear that he's doing well. And they're keeping it very quiet. Save this so. fucking brand. So we were starting to allude to it here. Uh, Big E is the Universal Champion. Best WWE news of the week. Yeah. So on Raw, the legend killer Randy Orton took on the almighty Bobby Lashley. This is supposed to be on Extreme Rules, but they put it on Raw to combat some of the ratings that they were losing to AEW. So I'll say this first and foremost. Uh, Orton and Lashley have great chemistry. They know how to put on a good match. Um, this this is the kind of match I wanted to see. I didn't want to see Lashley and Goldberg. If they somehow could have built Orton and Lashley for SummerSlam, it would have been way better. Um, and, of course, Orton in, you know, Viper fashion starts working on the leg for Lashley, creating weakness, uh, then loses to only leave the almighty weakened. Biggie comes in, cashes that motherfucker in. Can I... I'm going to stop now because yeah. weakens the leg. Because, you know, Big E's finishers like the sharpshooter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, figure four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And then also I get you, – you you ruined what I like with wrestling, which is the surprise. You had Big E announce it ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to bring viewers in. I get that. But – Oh, Twitter was on it's fire. La- it's lazy as fuck. Twitter was on fire. Lazy. And it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work simpsons did it so the championship is it was supposedly written up uh for what was described in the back as a really long time by the writing team so this is supposed to kind of go hand in hand with the wwe draft in early october and like i said before with the new ratings war vince pulled the trigger early on this title uh capture by biggie and i'm going to say this right now you can almost feel the morale of the back room raise like With that yeah they needed something there was too much so was going lashley on. that big of a dickhead i've heard some shit yeah yeah and, and i'm hearing shit from here in pittsburgh right in our little yeah we're not podcast. up in stanford no and to, to hear it all the way over here from like the few people that i talked to from like wrestle talk and pwi like that'll like be very nice to send me a message they're just like, Lashley's a dick. That's what I get. Like, how is he in the back? <laughs> Lashley's a dick. <laughs> so, speaking of Lashley, they're now like, what do you do with Lashley now that he lost the title? That's supposed to be his bread and butter. Apparently, three things are supposed to move on, happen here. The Hurt Business is rumored to reunite. Thumbs up from me. Totally into that. Plus, if they're all like, 
very weary, leery of each other because like, oh, you turned on me and then you turned on me. That'd right. be really cool. Like inner turmoil. Right. Then this makes them all really aggressive. And then, of course, Lashley versus Goldberg, not for a title. You know what? If it's got to happen, I'm glad it's not for a title. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Because you can get it over it within three minutes and yeah. fine. Probably in Saudi Arabia, I'm guessing. Do you know how bad it would be if Lashley got squashed by Goldberg? Pretty bad. Yeah. That means he's acting real, real naughty in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really pissing off yeah. everybody. he got some heat if he loses like that. Then the last one here, we kind of already talked about this one, is Lashley can move into a few with RK Bro, which makes a little bit of sense because he could blame Randy for losing the title because he weakened him. Randy. <laughs> Wendy, what are you doing? <laughs> so, again, like to, not to harp on it too much, but Biggie announcing it early ruins the surprise, and I get it might sh- – popular rating for this week but you know what would popularating for future weeks doing something like a title change unannounced yeah so people th- get fomo and start tuning in every monday again but keep trying and now you got monday night football to compete with so yeah which good fucking luck and if you watch the game between oh no that was sunday night football what was the it was the raiders in yeah. baltimore oh yeah. wow <laughs> football's fucking crazy already yeah. 2021 <laughs> football's getting nuts so you get unsportsmanlike conduct for sneezing on your opponent. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> no celebrations. No sneezing. Get the fuck out. Oh my god. So Samoa Joe had to relinquish his NXT title. Of course, uh, you know Tommaso won it on the the debut of NXT 2.0. Uh, right now, we're not sure what's going on with Joe. But we do know that it was originally rumored to be a work, but this has been confirmed by medical staff at WWE. They found out his injury is too significant for him to take any bumps. So he's not going to be out for a really long time, but it's going to be long enough to where if he had the title would make sense. It'd be worse than having a part-timer hold the title. No one knows what it is. Yeah, I'm guessing concussion, but it's been weeks. Well, who knows, man? I I don't know. The way he came back on the scene for NXT and they didn't let him really do anything other than kind of like be an enforcer. Maybe he was still dealing with some on-again, off-again concussion symptoms. Thought he was okay. Took a bump. Who knows? Not okay. Yeah. Who knows? Speaking of not okay, uh, Brian Cage is not okay. Um, Wolverine. Oh, my God, man. Brian Cage's wife took to Twitter to voice her displeasure with how her husband, Brian Cage, the machine, has been booked as, as of late. Uh, she went on to state that Cage is a superstar and he was a dominant force on the indie scene. Um, and she feels that he's been buried by the talent that Tony Khan has been signing. I'm just going to say this right now. Does this dummy know she can just see him at home? Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> he's right there. You're going to get a little buried by newly signed talent. Right. It's Everybody is. Everyone's taking it because it makes sense right now. And she either needs to pick her words more wisely or if he sent her out as the attack dog that's just stupid of him like i don't know what the case is here it it worked for matt hardy (laughs) back a few years ago but i don't think this is uh the time to be pushing buttons you're not i don't know i don't i don't think he's like that special other than being a liability for some quad tears here in a few months or years well i think for him uh he was he was kind of the de facto leader in Taz's whole FTW crew, and then when that fell apart, you thought it was going to be Cage and Hobbs, and then something happened where that didn't like come to fruition. Yeah, the match happened; they had a match, but it wasn't he, like a he lost by. Yeah, 
Yeah. There wasn't a lot to know. it. Because he thought he was on a collision course really with a big match with Ricky Or maybe Stark this somewhere. issue is like now Punk is taking kind of that yeah. storyline, that story arc maybe, and that's yeah. what's pissing her off. But, I mean, did, I don't know. If, if you're not one of the people involved in the company or that work, like, I'm not – Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna have my wife email my work and be like, "Adam wanted to be on this contract, and you got him on the like, especially in a public forum." Like, yeah. no, I'll take care of my issues at my workplace. I let her take care of her issues at her workplace. It's not a misogynistic thing. It's just That's she doesn't work shit. there. Yeah, I work there. I'll handle shit. my shit. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could, I would say if Brian Cage is unhappy, he should really go make a pitch to wrestle Miro. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool match to see. Um, you you have you have people right now. He wants to be he since wants- they fucked up our booking. By the way, I know. Fuck out of a soul rematch just because Japanese grandpa got pissed off. I want to see murder grandpa. Oh my god! Because they cut his song off twenty seconds early. <laughs> the Suzuki incident. Oh my god! Uh, I think Brian Cage just has to not, dude. You're not going to hold the heavyweight title right now. It's my- biggest freaking issue with that company right now <laughs> the whole suzuki incident is just pissing me off it's killing you inside so adam the last thing we gotta talk about here and it's put not a, put the title on kingston goddammit. it <laughs> it's not wrestling news but norm mcdonald passed away at 61 years old and I couldn't find anything better to say than what Anthony Jesenick tweeted. He said, battling cancer for nine years without telling anyone is the most Norm McDonald shit ever. Yeah. Um, from Saturday Night Live to Billy Madison to Dirty Work, he lended his voice to Family Guy, Fairly Odd Parents, and a myriad of other straight-to-DVD, unfortunately, animated shows, and his numerous stand-up specials, and his hilarious bits on Conan and every late-night uh, show he brought hilarity with deadpan delivery take no prisoners attitude uh he'll be missed i'll miss him yeah and and in a weird uh clip i saw going around that was just i mean maybe his way of letting everybody know uh, a few years back he made a joke that uh, and i think it was for a benefit he said cancer never wins it's always a draw if you die the cancer dies too so it's always just a draw yeah. which is just like in retrospect a uh, very Norm observation. <laughs> so, uh, sorry you're gone, Norm, but at least you didn't lose the cancer. Yeah, man. Ah, fucking badass, dude. Fuck cancer. Yeah, man. So, uh, with that somber news, go back and check out all the Norm McDonald clips on YouTube. They're hilarious. Check out all of his movies. I mean, his estate still makes the money off residuals, and they can really help his family out. So, go check out all of his shit. Buy his stuff. Just take care of his family like you like you would take care of your own. So we're going to go into a break. Uh, we're going to send you guys to some sponsors. And if you like what you hear, go check them out. Because when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we're bringing some pretty cool stuff. So we'll see you on the other side. Woo. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well... The boys have a little something for you. That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep. No cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go a-flying, you can call in the backups 
the Pube Monster 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S. That's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boys sent you. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because if you do, again, if you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we bring you some pretty cool stuff. So I threw out to the Twitterverse. I asked you guys, would you watch a slasher movie if it was based off of a Florida Man headline? And 100% of our listeners said yes. And I'm just going to say, you guys are brave as fuck. And I'll say, too, our friends over there at Halloween is Forever said that they have some recommendations for us. So Oh, can't wait. Yeah, I'll have to see what they bring to our, <laughs> our attention. That that movie that Steve had them watching, I know what movie that I wa- is. I watched it. Yeah, it's awful. I watched it after <laughs> listening to the episode because it's free on YouTube. And it's it was so bad. awful. My goodness. So we're moving it around two here, and we're just going to keep it on going with some more Barrel and Flow Fest beers. So, again, check out at Barrel and Flow on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So we're going to go ahead and jump into – it's called Woven in Time, and this is a collab between Allagash and Sankofa. So this is going to be a, uh, a dark ale brewed with millet, smoked maple syrup, and has easy drinking notes of chocolate – cola burnt sugar and hints of dried fruit and it comes in at 5.7 percent alcohol content at least we're doing low abvs today so yeah just oh let's hear it there we go uh just a little bit about the collab allagash is a pretty big brewery here in north america already so let me tell you a little bit about sankofa beer company which is a black owned beer company in washington dc um, and it's based and inspired by the founders' connections to West Africa. So they are on a mission to expand the conventions of craft beer by creating a space where culture meets craft, which sounds like a perfect brewery to be involved with Barrel and Flow. So, yeah, exactly. And I get to D.C. Well, before COVID times, I got to D.C. a few times a year for training. So next time I'm down there, because I and I used to live there, I'll have to check them out. They Absolutely. Were, they were not there when I lived there, but... So a new brewery I, to check out. While you were being so generous to read off of, you know, getting everyone up to date on that wonderful brewery, I poured myself a little glass of this wonderful treat. And I can tell you that as soon as I cracked the can, the maple smacked me in the nose. It's got a lot of effervescence to it. Really sticks around. Um, I, you took your first sip, and I can see your face just says it all. Yeah. Um, the colors on points exactly what that was going to be. It looks nice, dark. Uh, spicy. What are you thinking? It's crazy because off the smell, I immediately thought, oh, this is going to be a little, it's going to be too sweet from the maple and I'm not going to get any of that smoke. It's promising. No, I get a ton of the smoke and the taste. From the from the smell of it, it just tastes like a roasty dark ale of some sort, like a, a stout almost. Doesn't really taste like a stout other than a little bit of roastiness. Just a really solid, light, dark beer Yeah, I could drink quite a few of, to be honest. It, yeah. it doesn't blow out your palate in any way. I'm really liking that. It's good. Yeah, I, I like that the smokiness definitely is the main character here. It sticks around. Uh, it's not really carrying anything else with it. Like you said, I think it's a good campfire beer. Nice and light. You can have a few of these. Yeah, man. The maple The maple's in the back. Yeah. Maple, and it would be yeah. great around a campfire with that little bit of smokiness. Like, yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Be perfect. You know what else happens 
with fire, buddy. Spooky season. Oh, I was going to say smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so as we keep approaching October and the spooky season of them all, Netflix, most notably, is set to release an interactive movie starring a friend of the podcast, Mark Calloway, a.k.a. to you, Marks, <laughs> as The Undertaker. He's only your friend. He's our friend. <laughs> My friends are your friends I'm and your friends with Andy. are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we also have to know here that this is not the first time a professional wrestler so happened to show up in a horror movie. So, Adam, I challenge you to the Mount Rushmore of horror movies with professional wrestlers. Sounds very specific and it was very difficult to do this research. It is. But I'm glad you only used the tar- term with instead of starring. And yes. you'll see why. <laughs> this makes the most sense. And the reason why I said with is also I'm in the same brain set as you are. Yeah. So I can't – it's been a while since we did a Mount Rushmore. So if people are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Jojitorium. But just so you know how this goes, one of us will go first and we'll go back and forth until we have eight picks overall uh, between the two of us. And then we will decide and debate over the top four so then we can move on and give you guys the Mount Rushmore – of horror movies with professional wrestlers so you can kick off spooky season in a really weird way. And one of the funnest parts is it goes in a draft type situation. So if one of us picks a choice that the other one had, the other person can't use it or claim it. So sorry. So you other to- than saying, fuck you for taking my pick. <laughs> Which we say a lot. So, you know, listener beware. Lots of, lots of swears. Yeah, there's going to be cussing. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, I, I really think that you went first last time. Okay. If you take my first round pick, this is going to start real bad, though. So, here's the thing. It's going to be real bad. I'm real protective of my first choice. I can only imagine. So, you know what I'm going to do, man? Here's what I'm going to do for you, because I know your first pick. No, you don't. I know you well enough. No, I don't think you know it, but you might know it. Here's my first pick, okay? Because it's it's a little more modern, and it's my swerve. And I want to take it now, because I feel like you may have seen this, too. So... Uh, we your first lo- pick supposed to be your best pick, just so you know. And I, th- I drafts go. Oh, God damn it! All right, listen. You, you kind of qualified it like it's some B movie that it's not a B movie that freaking it's not a B movie. <laughs> Randy it's- Orton was a zombie in for three seconds. That'd be sick as fuck though if he was. <laughs> you could you, you imagine him as like a fast zombie, like a twenty eight days later. He doesn't do anything fast. There's oh. no way he's a fast. Zombie. Just like his body his, type. His ring entrance takes four minutes. <laughs> I, he has a five-minute song for his intro and takes all five oh. minutes. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to kick it off then with one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies of all time, and that is uh, a vehicle that starred Jesse Ventura, and that's going to be The Predator. Predator 1. I immediately have an issue with it. Why? Uh, just because I think that's more of a sci-fi movie than a horror movie. Well, it's sci-fi horror. Uh, I think it's sci-fi action. It's very creature-esque. There is a there is a creature. There is an alien. Yeah. So sci fi horror. I'm not gonna. I'm not. It's a first round pick in right. a sci fi action movie list. But it's not sci fi. Well, here's the thing. It's a sci fi action horror. Now I wish I. Could, oh well, let's just throw every. Is it also a romantic comedy? Because they got the. Can you can you pick a fucking romantic comedy that has a professional <laughs> wrestler in it that isn't shit that has the Big Show in it? Every romantic comedy the wrestler has the Big Show in it. I think I like this really small woman that'll never like. And me. he doesn't do his best thing, which is turn heel on everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Why are you not choke slamming? I'll allow it, banks. but we're gonna. I mean, I have to allow it because it's just your pick in the top eight. You're gonna have to really negotiate to get that in the top four. Though. All I'm saying is. If you look at the, well, here's the thing. 
I'll say in the terms of Predator movies, it's not the best one. Predator 2 is the best one with Danny Glover. That's the best one. Easily the best one, but... It's more action-packed, but the, the legacy is all in number one. It is. And it's a horror movie because if you think about the stalking, it's very slasher-esque. The only credit I give it to you, which I'm not putting a lot of weight on, especially okay. given some of my picks, is that Ventura's in it a lot. Yeah, he is. So he's you have a main a, fixture. It, he's, it's starring a professional And quite literally, too, quite literally, too, you could also say, because Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it, too, and he was very heavy in professional wrestling... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's heavily stuff. he's heavily involved because Triple H has a big old dad boner for him. Yeah. Of yeah. course. So my my first pick, I'm picking Predator. Jesse okay. Ventura. You can you can pick that sci-fi movie all you want. I'm gonna pick. Was there a wrestler in ET that I can pick? Yeah, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he grew, you know he grew up to be Daniel Bryan? Did he you know? grew up to be Daniel Bryan, the American Dragon? He's he's looking at an alien. He's going, I wish I could fucking hurricane run on that little bastard. <laughs> All right. Well, since you didn't take my first round. I know what your first round pick is. Well, since you didn't take it, I have like two in between right now. But I'm going to take what is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And that's The Devil's Rejects. Which Beautiful. Which uh, has Mr. DDP in it as a evil biker dude. Wonderful. That gets his comeuppance. I do enjoy his character. He's alongside of uh, Danny Trejo. Yes. In that, which yes. They have, it's great character for... For him, man. Yeah, which uh, I actually forgot he was in that movie until I did a little bit of research. And yeah. I saw Devil's Rejects pop on the You're list like, with yeah. professional wrestlers, and I'm like, <laughs> who's in that? And like, I immediately was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah, man. So, yeah, totally uh, my number gets, one pick. He gets murked, too, yeah. man. Like, oh, yeah. He has a terrible death. Yeah. So, phenomenal. my second round pick here, and this is a movie I really do like. It's very campy, but I really enjoy this one. So, um, I like mashups. So, Freddy versus Jason featured a stunt double. Uh, of course, because Taking we. Taking one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> we made a joke before about Freddy all of a sudden knowing Muay Thai and all kinds of shit. That's because he was stunt double by the wonderful Rey Mysterio. And he did all the stunts for Freddy Krueger. So, that's why I put with professional wrestlers. So he actually got his SAG card for being in this one. Uh, and so he's actually a card carrying screen actors oh, guild. Yeah. So my second round pick here is Freddy versus Jason because of Rey Mysterio. <sighs> Motherfucker. It's all right. No, smart. it was definitely on my list and it was definitely going to be in one of my four picks. Not sure where. Yeah. And I can, you can totally tell where it is because at one point Freddy in the movie does like, a similar jump to when Ray used to jump through the stage. Yes. And it's like, oh, there's Ray. Also, too, at one point, Freddy loses about mm, six inches of height. <laughs> <laughs> Makes Jason look real dominant. Super tall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Phenomenal pick. I, I like that better than your first round pick, to be honest. I wanted to get that one out there because I love – here's the thing. I'm going to defend just a little bit now. Jesse Ventura did a very good job in the movie, and I feel like if you just made that – like an, uh, a human enemy, it would have been a slasher movie. Oh, get, get, get ready to get pissed okay. at me. Ready for my pick? I think I am. I am picking Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween in 2007, which featured uh, Tyler Maine, who was a uh, tag partner of Kevin Nash when he was originally in WCW as the Diamond Stud. He played Michael Myers. So it was starring a pro wrestler. Michael Myers is the star of that movie. So you He was also in the... Follow up by Rob Zombie, but that movie sucks. So yes. I'm just taking the first one. <laughs> you don't want your third round pick to be no. Halloween too? <laughs> no, but the man played Michael Myers. I'm building a list of 
classic horror movies. Wow, did, and he played that uh, very well. I mean, yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, um, had the size, dude. God, yeah, the way he sold uh, the stab, especially when he when he kills the uh, the nurse in the front of the mental hospital. Yeah, the grunts and the, they must have had something there for him to stab because there's no way he was like pulling up was on those. On your list. He was. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to surprise you with one. No, no. You're not going to. You're not going to. Uh, because I – this is one of my favorite things to do when I'm hanging out at home to see, like, what I could get wait myself get, into. Wait till you see my next one. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the classic movie here. This is the okay. movie that – You might be taking it. <laughs> I possibly could be. So uh, in 1988, one of the Oops. best fight scenes that ever – uh, hit the screen was actually a real shoot. These two guys really went after it. Uh, Roddy Piper starred in They Live, where he got to have the sunglasses that helps him see all the aliens. So yeah. fuck you. No, uh, no. <laughs> they, these aliens are okay, but the aliens in the first one weren't. Yeah, it's just well, every list I looked on for Predator, it said it was a sci-fi action. So I didn't yeah. take it, and I kind of agreed with it. But They Live, I I do consider sci-fi horror. I don't know. Yeah, but do you? I just need to nitpick your first round. All I'm, say- you know how that is. All I'm saying is, is that you can't have aliens this way. And have you-, you can't tell me that Mars Attacks is in the same universe as aliens because they are. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> Again, I disagree with that. But- Ving Rhames was in Mars Attacks. That should be on the list because he wrestled <laughs> once. Put it on. <laughs> uh, funny you bring that up. Because <laughs> for my next choice, I pick Scream featuring David no! Arquette. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You took my swerve. Former WCW champion, <laughs> David Arquette. If there were cameras in this podcast right now, you would see the disbelief on my face right now. <laughs> I'm so mad. Yes, and I know it's one of your favorite movie uh-huh. franchises, and I risk taking it third. There's a Boom. reason why we are best friends, and there's a reason why... I don't trust you. And it's because you take my swear. Scream, baby. Fuck. All right. So. And I had to take it now because I was worried about your fourth pick. That was my fourth pick. Yes. You son of a bitch. I got a great fourth pick. I have funny picks that I want. So wanna, do I. Yeah. Mine's a funny one, too. You might steal mine. <laughs> so uh, I definitely like I'm going to put out one that I actually really enjoy. Uh, but then I'm going to sit. Uh, I want to go through the ones that I had for funsies. So. um God, I'm looking at my list right well, now. Don't do. I still have one after you. I know. So, when you're done, I'm okay, going to throw out okay, my funsies. Okay. That's fine. Um, so actually, I'm going to go with a, a little indie movie that didn't really get a lot of heat, but it was actually really good, especially if you like deranged, like serial killer style. Um, so Mick Foley actually started a movie called 12 Hour Shift. Just recently too, right? Very recently. Yeah. Um, and it was a fantastic movie. It's very much uh, along the lines of like, you know, Psycho Falls in Love with Girl stalks girl kills everyone to get the girl it was it's cool yeah and it's like kind of part of a black market organ trade thing right yeah, yeah. like they bring people to mcfoley so he can dismember them <laughs> sounds yeah. cool i haven't seen it i saw a trailer for it but i haven't seen the movie you i'll be honest with you man like of this list the rewatchability of like the last couple ones we talked about i think 12 hour shift uh you find something new every time you watch it. it's a really cool movie i think you'd really enjoy it nice. so what do you have to bring up the rear, buddy? Go with my funny one. Yeah. And it, or a really good movie if you're just into cheesy gore. I am. Um, and it's my favorite thing Bill Goldberg has ever done. And that's <laughs> Santa, S- Santa Slay, baby. <laughs> <You> s- 
Did everybody think I was going to say CM Punk girl on the third floor? No. Oh, God. Because <laughs> that movie was dull. That movie was Until terrible. the end. The, the end was great. The end was okay. Yeah. The whole, But you had to slug through the rest yeah. of it to get there. Yeah, I get it, CM Punk. You get all the chicks. It's cool. Let me just say this right now. Santa Slay has one of the coolest decapitations in it because he kills Fran Drescher. Yes. He absolutely annihilates her. I bumped into that movie oh, probably seven or eight years ago now around Christmas time. And I was like, let's see what the heck it is. It's probably yeah. going to be shitty. Had no idea Bill Goldberg was in it yeah. until Santa showed up on the screen. I was like, oh, I think I know who that is. He shows up and he's like, hey, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point he spears somebody. I was like, oh, I definitely know oh, who yeah. that is. He definitely spears somebody. So it was funny because actually the first time I watched that movie, it was when that new – it was like a newer style like Swedish film came out, like A Christmas Tale, like their take on like – Krampus? Kind of. Krampus. Kind of like Krampus. But it, it was good. It was that and there was another one too where the – I don't remember the name of this fucking movie. But this guy is like a bum and he's drunk and he pretends to be – santa claus like he's saving the world oh uh, yeah i've seen that yeah i can't remember what it's called either. so he's like just killing people he's like oh you son of a bitch like he thinks he's killing all the elves and it's just like <laughs> he's just killing kids or something. it's fucking crazy so for funsies uh i want to say i actually was gonna try to see if i could sneak the running man on here with you no chance that's totally sci-fi okay uh, how and about, it's Jesse Ventura, and you're, you couldn't go with both of his movies. Oh, well, I was going to see if you were going to fight Predator so hard, I was going to piss you off and put Running no, Man on there. No, that's way worse. <laughs> that's way worse, sir. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's just it's not, not a horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan did star in Gremlins 2. Yeah, that's not a horror movie either. Gremlins 2 is a horror, a horror movie. It's comedy. It's comedy. It's comedy horror. It's comedy kids. Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, the Rock, when he starred in Doom. that was Shitty movie. Oh, that is a horror movie. That movie that's a, sucks. Out that's loud. a fun movie. That movie sucks. It's it's, it's a mindless little thing, and it's, it destroys my Mount Rushmore video game of Doom. It's terrible. I know. Well, it's I, so boring. Th- well, I'll say the end of that movie is sick. Yeah, the end of it. Yeah, you when just gotta stick. Over. Yeah, you just yeah, gotta stick okay. through ninety minutes for the last. Just five. found your joke. Yeah, it's great when it's over. Uh, no, that, no it, the <laughs> ending is good. Yeah, but the five minutes of action for the fucking no, eighty-five no. minutes of build-up sucks. Like, I think that they have good character development throughout it. I think there's like each person plays. It's supposed to be an over-the-top kind of thing. Like the video games are. I think it does its job. Nah. Yeah, it's not my favorite, nah, but it's, it's serviceable. I'm glad you didn't throw it up. I would have no. fought you for that one. Uh, I also had CM Punk Girl on the third floor because right, that's that on, that's was, also on my list as a backup. Uh, Kane, see no evil. <laughs> didn't even put it on my list. Yeah. Uh, and then I have Hornswoggle and Leprechaun Orange. Didn't even put it on my list. Yeah. That movie sucks too. <laughs> so I had, um, well, I, I did have Ray for Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Dave Bautista was in a movie with Danny Trejo as a drug dealer called L.A. Slasher. Oh, that was yeah. That list. was a good one. Um, Gene Snitsky was in a, in a recent movie called 100 Acres of Hell. I would have, I, I meant to watch that today Fucking and I forgot. Is it bad? It's so So bad. I probably wouldn't have said that one. It's as good as his career. And that's all I had. You, yeah, we pretty much exhausted my list between yeah. me and you. You had three of my, three things on my list, I think. I will say you. I did not have Predator. I, didn't but have, I had the other three. I didn't have Devil's Rejects. That was a good one. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. So. We got to really boil it down here. Um, so who – I don't know, man. I think we both had some bangers here. Um, you know what, though? I really got to give it to you because I think when you use Scream, you knock me for a loop, man. 
Oh, I don't want that one on the list. Cause I know. Just because you like the movie. I know. No, I'm it, just kidding. It, no. That can hurt, go Mount Rushmore. You hurt sure. my feelings, uh, so I'm going to give you first pick. Plus, it's a whole series. It's so good, too. And he and hit the parody of him, Deputy Doofy. Smell my finger. <laughs> I don't want to put my number one pick up there yet because DDP's not in it that long. But okay. for my number one, I would like to put up Halloween from 2007, the original and, remake. And I wouldn't disagree with you. I know that movie received some weird heat for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's very Rob Zombified, which is like lots of cussing. The mom's a stripper, of course, so you can see his wife's ass. You know, it's all the yeah. all the common Rob Zombie movie trips, but I enjoy those trips. Well, I mean, if you're going to be on set all day, you should look at your hot wife. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I get it. But um, I liked it. I kind of liked how it went into Michael's childhood backstory yeah. and stuff it was a, it was a, an interesting take on the whole story i enjoyed it and, and I, then <laughs> then they just threw a bunch of money when he didn't want to do two adam and he yeah. fucked it up i guess i'll just <laughs> take acid and figure this one out there's just a bunch of horses and people yeah. dancing oh, i was just gonna say the horses in number two is so terrible man but yeah so that's my number one plus it's it's a pro wrestler even though he wasn't a pro wrestler for super long, but he yeah, is you prominent also, in the movie. You also use David Arquette, so we're not going to talk about Hey, Robbie. he's back, man. Nick Gage. Ask Nick Gage about him. That's true. Uh, yeah, because didn't David Arquette like want to like, prove that he's mm-hmm. a legit wrestler? Yeah, I think he's still on the indie scene right now. That's cool, man. Yeah. Props to him. He, he caught so much heat from Actually, there's title. a good documentary out there. You I can't saw kill, that. Yeah, that's yeah, a great, it's a great documentary. Arquette. So fucking good. He's uh, a nutbag, but mm-hmm. it's a great documentary. Yeah. Yeah, his whole family's crazy. Yeah. The Arquettes yes. are crazy yes. in general. <laughs> he's he's the perfect professional wrestler because he's out of his fucking mind. Um, I want to put up a, the classic there. I want to put They Live up yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's much of an argument uh, against it. It was number one on my list until I found Devil's Rejects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Completely understandable, too. Just because I knew They Live would make it up there at eventually. Yeah. I mean, you can't... You can't talk about professional wrestlers and horror movies and not talk about They Live. I mean, the, the movies I call – if you didn't know who Roddy Piper was, it was still a great movie. And I just had personal investment in, in it as a kid because I loved Rowdy Roddy Piper. So what you, it's it's not slim pickings. Uh, no, I'm going to make you – I'm going to make you choose between your children basically because I, I want to put up Devil's Rejects. Do you really? Yeah, and make you pick between Scream and Predator, you piece of shit. <laughs> So here's my argument, though. And if you don't let me put that up, I'm putting up Freddy vs. Jason. Because I love that movie. I think Freddy vs. Jason is one of the last movies. Actually, I'd have to look up the years. I own Devil's Rejects and Freddy vs. Jason on DVD before DVDs kind of went out of style. Yeah, me too. And I watched both of them endlessly. Endlessly. I mean, Freddy vs. Jason's stupid, but funny, and still gory, and still awesome. Like, just a mindless horror movie. It's it's crazy to say, but Freddy vs. Jason is better than the fucking remakes of the franchises. <laughs> it's definitely better than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably better than the last Friday the 13th, too, it's to be just, honest. It wasn't that good, yeah. man. I it mean, it's better, than, it's better than a lot of the last Friday the 13th, too. <sighs> Jason Goes to Hell, Jason Goes to Manhattan. Oh, man, just, come on. Jason Goes to Manhattan is so good. <laughs> 
when he kicks the radio, the like, hey man, they should have just renamed it instead of Jason in Manhattan. I get the appeal of New York, even though they didn't shoot any of the movie in New York. None. It should have just been Captain Jason because he's on the boat most of the time. They should have put a little sailor hat on him. It would have been awesome. I felt so bad for that one chick who lost her glasses. That was the one that killed me because I, I wear glasses a lot, and she lost. Them. I was like, oh, that's not even fair, bro. She can't defend herself. She can't see. Ugh. You're definitely losing to that backwoods mongoloid. Oh yeah, hands fucking down. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna throw up Devil's Rejects. I'm uh, gonna I, unless you want Freddy versus Jason in there. Instead. I'm gonna fight you because I feel like Devil's Rejects is a fantastic movie, but when you look at the other movies that are on here, like Scream with David Arquette, David Arquette's a main figure in Scream, plays a huge character in that, and it's a it's a whole series. Mm-hmm. And then Freddy versus Jason, Ray Mysterio is the only reason why Freddy was serviceable in the movie. So I think both of those movies, with terms of like who's starring in them, both over Predator though. I'm not even putting Predator up there. Yeah, I pick Predator. That's, so you're that's you're arguing favorites. Freddy versus Jason over Devil's Rejects right now because you still have a pick. You can go ahead and throw a scream up there in the fourth spot. I know, but I don't want you to have Devil's Rejects. <laughs> I you know what I will concede because I put one Rob Zombie movie up already. Um, even though out of the two, Devil's Rejects is by far my favorite out of the two, but the pro wrestler is more prominent in Halloween. Yeah. So I will go ahead and say Freddy versus Jason. Oh, you're wonderful. And actually pick one of your picks because now you're probably going to pick one of mine. Yep. Uh, that's uh, very. But I'm, Freddy versus Jason was my. Um, I might have threw it out there second, depending on what your second pick was. I don't know. I kind of wanted to get that Halloween one out there because I thought that yeah. was a strong dark it, horse. It really was. I'll, I'll tell you, before I give you my last pick, the way I was going to work this was I was going to throw a Predator up there to throw you off because realistically Predator should be like my third or fourth pick. And I wanted to throw it up there to kind of throw you off a little bit thinking that you would start unloading some of your like mid-card picks to try to throw a swerve. Nah. But I then went, you did I with my big boys. Yeah. Um, you play it smart no matter what. So, And you're right. For yeah. the fourth slot, I'm picking Scream. Uh, Scream with David Arquette. It's a fantastic movie. It's with- a bit of a cop out, but he was a world champion, thanks to uh, yeah Eric Bischoff and uh, what's his name uh, Russo. Yeah, Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Uh, so the more sane of the two Vinces right now, <laughs> which is insane to even think about. <laughs> the guy who brought Brawl for All out on a uh, a weird backroom challenge is. Of more sound mind than Vince McMahon, than the yeah, than the millionaire that should be a billionaire. <laughs> so, if you want to kick off your spooky season the right way, and you want to have a little bit of pro wrestling flair to it, you can check out these four movies. According to the boys, the Halloween remake in two thousand seven because it stars Tyler Maine. They Live, starring Roddy Piper, Freddy versus Jason with Rey Mysterio standing in for Freddy for all of his action stunts, and Scream, the entire franchise, but the first movie is the best, starring David Arquette as Deputy yeah. Dewey. I thought I thought it was weird when Freddy threw a Hurricanrana in the middle of that movie. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. He hit that 619 out of nowhere, bro. <laughs> hey, you know what was also really crazy? When he came out, he was like, oh, I'm going to get you, bitch. He heard, booyaka, booyaka, 619. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they had POD on the soundtrack. Yeah, man. Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> So, we ask you guys to send your listeners your questions, comments, and whatevs, and you guys send some pretty cool ones. So, uh, first and foremost, you guys talk about a ton of cage matches that you liked. What cage matches did you hate? So, this question came to me uh, in an email, and I was like, that's a good one, because they're right. I feel like sometimes we get too lost in the things that we really enjoy, 
and we only argue about the things we don't like. But if I could take a chance to say the thing, the, like the match that I don't like, I'm going to say every Hell in a Cell match, it's in a red cage. All of them. That's a broad brush. There's most specifically Seth Rollins and The Fiend, I thought was one of, if not the, wor- the worst matches. One of the worst Hell in a Cell Red matches. cage, red light, bad ending. Bozo hammer. The, ma- the big mouth, the big yeah. goofy phone. Where mallet. did the phone come from? <laughs> He didn't have a fucking oh, and then it and mouth. then it ended with a DQ and a hell in a cell match. A DQ and the hell in a fuck. The the same match that saw Mick Foley almost lose his life twice, <laughs> and you're like, mm, no DQ, you can't do that. Yep, uh, Seth Rollins fiend, hell in a cell, red on red. Go fuck yourself. So I had to do some research for mine because I remember the participants and i remember i was there but i didn't remember exactly when it happened was it no mercy in 2005 <laughs> uh no way out yes i think it's the big show versus jbl in pittsburgh yep that's it <laughs> <laughs> so i was there too i was there too one of the worst it went like 22 minutes and the whole marketing behind it was oh there's no way out and it's a barbed wire top of the cage, blah, blah, blah. And then you put your two biggest clunkers in the yep. match against each other. So it's Big Show versus JBL, both giant guys. They're not climbing over shit. And then it just ends with Big Show walking out the door. So the barbed wire never came into play. And I had to sit there as a – I couldn't even drink yet. I was only 19, yeah. I think, at the time. Um, yeah, and uh, – <laughs> Not a shock that that's the last WWE pay-per-view I ever attended. And I probably won't ever attend another one unless we do really good on this podcast and we can go to a Rumble. I would love to go to a Royal Rumble live. But that's really like the only WWE pay-per-view I'd be like dying to get into. Maybe a Mania. I I wouldn't turn down Mania. Wasn't there another match in there too where someone got thrown through the cage? Like they couldn't get out. Wasn't it like Stone Cold got thrown through a cage? Oh, yeah. I think that was... I think that might have been Big Show's debut, and he threw Stone Cold through a cage, through and he won. And then there was that Roman Reigns Lesnar match where they went through yeah. the cage. Ugh. Uh, my honorable mention, though, is I think there were two of them, both Punjabi prison matches, <laughs> which were technically <laughs> a steel cage match. Both sucked because <laughs> Great Collie is garbage bag. He's awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you see the Great Khali, by the way, came out and was like, look at my incredible weight cut and how great I look. I was like, dude, your neck got skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, in all fairness, he was holding about 20 extra pounds up there. He really was. Fucking, what was that? Uh, Easter Island. Yeah, he's Easter yeah, Island. Jesus. All the way. So someone narked me on the next one here. Inside information, Matt lied because he drinks pumpkin spice lattes. I've seen it. This isn't even a question. This is you being a dick. Yeah, I've seen it too. He loves those things. Yeah, I do. I mean, (laughs) he turns completely into a Becky around this time of year. Yeah. um, uh, Yep. I think at one point I called myself the queen of Halloween. Uh, I'll I'll wear that. I wear it. (laughs) You got to get you a little crown. Oh, I love Or a little tiara, I guess it would be. If it had jack-o'-lanterns on it, I'm going to wear it. We'll look it up. Uh, Yeah. I mean, let's get get honest with each other. If If I'm looking, here's what happens. Here's my justification for it. If it's been a long morning and I haven't eaten breakfast, I need calories to kind of get the engine. A little bit of sugar. Yeah, yeah. I grab one of those pumpkin spice lattes. 
they're also just so happen to be delicious. So I <laughs> just, just combine the two. It's delicious, and I need the calories. I mean, out of all things pumpkin spice, it's probably the least offensive in my book, too. Well, it, cause I don't enjoy them very much, but I'd rather have that than like just a pumpkin spice like black coffee, because I usually take my coffee black. Yeah. It does need the cream and sugar and the... Yeah, whatever makes it a latte. I have no <laughs> does uh, make it more enjoyable. Well, here's the thing though, too, man. Pumpkin spice lattes have like the the whole thing with Starbucks. If you go to like local places and the way they do it, oh yeah, it's so it's much m- better. More coffee flavor. Yeah, yeah, so much better. And that's and I should say that's how I like it. I like a very dark roast coffee, and I like to have the stuff added into the dark dark roast coffee because I want the roastiness of coffee. Now we're talking with the spices and everything of the pumpkin spice. So yeah, you've seen it. Okay, thanks. Catch me at uh, Black Forge Coffee. He's got feelings. I got feelings. You should stop. Wait, does Black Forge have one? If they don't, they better. I'd actually try theirs if they don't. Definitely would. Dump some CBD in there, too, for you. Yeah, you're at it. yeah. <laughs> so, Adam, this one is uh, more for you. So, Adam, if you could collab with any brewery, who would it be and what beer would you want to make? So, uh, I would like some specifics because this is really hard for me to do. So I'll let you do it since I can't talk to the listener right now. Okay. So when they say, if I'm brewing at a brewery, am I brewing their beer? Or is it a beer of mine I want to brew at that brewery? I think it's any brewery you want to choose, and it's a beer you guys come up with together. Okay. So like, you know, like Abjuration kills sours. So if you want to collab with them, it'd probably be like a sour. Okay. Something like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so still can't slim it down to just one pick. So I'll go, (laughs) I'll go with one national pick. I mean, of course I'd go international and brew up shit. (laughs) We'd be here all night. Yeah. So I'm just keeping it in the U S I'm keeping it, uh, within our country's borders. Um, and I'm going to my favorite brewery burial. Um, I dogfish is appealing, you know, and, and stuff like Sierra Nevada and Lagunitas and stone all appealing, but burial, I just, love their stuff and they're still craft um so as a dream it would be burial and my favorite from them is a beer called tearing the flesh from bone which was a new england ipa so i would like to do either west coast or new england with them would be really freaking cool and then uh as far as locally it's a little tough because humble brag we've gotten to brew with a couple uh, da- <laughs> daddy bash lines industry now he's actually been in some breweries we've, we've got to brew with some good friends of the podcast like couch abjuration uh fury fury and uh uh recently like necromancer and like no you know, no not yet collab no. coming out soon on, check on my list <laughs> <laughs> No, I was going to say, recently I got to brew one of my favorite beers from the area. Uh, I got to help our friend Bobby Nacho out at Full Pint and oh, brew wonderful. and help him brew Chinooki one day. So that no was, way! Yeah. So that was uh, really cool a few weeks ago. That's really cool, man. So like things like that are, are kind of already happening. So I, I picked some longer shots of some breweries I don't know as well and don't, you know, have... <laughs> they don't ask me for help because <laughs> I'm not saying they go there and ask for my ideas. I just go there and help them produce the recipe they yeah. already have, you know, but it's still an honor. I still love doing it and I'll do it every time yeah, these guys sure, ask man. and I have time. Um, but three, I got three locally because <laughs> it's three different styles. Yeah. I would really like to do too. Um, so necromancer is one of them that you brought up and I'd love to brew an ESB with them because yeah. they do a wonderful ESB. Them and Abjuration both do wonderful ESBs in this area. And I've never brewed one, and I'd like to learn. 
Also, so also that, real quick too. Shout out to an ESB out leaning cast. That ESB is. That's, oh, that's a good ESB. I gotta out get there. out there. Really good. Out there. Sorry. Don't. don't oh no no. I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to hear where other yeah. ones are at. Um, the next is one you'll like. Hitchhiker. I want to go. I don't even care about style. I want to go brew triple shakes. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Can you invite me on that one? <laughs> I'd love to do that. And then my third one is Grist House, and I'd like to do a hazy with them as well because they. Oh do. yeah. The the example I've done is Maximum Power, which is my favorite yeah. hazy from them. Maximum Power is the shit. So those are three like uh, necromancer, newer and bigger, and then two really big ones in the city that yeah. don't need my help: <laughs> Hitchhiker and Grist. And then of course I'm honored and. Just got contacted today uh, from uh, Penbring, and it looks like we'll be doing one there in October. So I couldn't put oh! them. I couldn't put them on the list nope. because we're already doing one. Already there. happening because it is September sixteenth, and Adam Bashline is still a champion. Yeah. So it looks like the Brew Day will be sometime in October. So um, you know we'll, we'll talk about it on here. We'll, we'll put it on the socials. So probably sometime in November, December, it'll hit the taps. And can we have a can we'll release party? Oh, we're we're just gonna have an informal <laughs> one at the at the brewery, yeah. Oh, oh, it's not can't. It's just gonna be on draft. So we gotta show draft. up to the brewery. Yeah. So we should definitely do a podcast there. Uh, I'll give you some names and numbers. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you work that out. I'm already pushing my buttons. I like organizing <laughs> stuff. So Adam, because you are just right now, you're like the young bucks. You're you're kind of killing the game right now. Uh, and people are thirsty for your brews. So can you tell them what's on tap and where you can find us? Not a lot. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, though. yeah. Uh, Jojinator is still on tap. We have a little bit of it left. Um, and then we have a little bit of apple fritter left because after Barrel and Flow, I tapped that immediately <laughs> and got rid of one of the keg we're not taking to Humber and Chill. It was almost gone already. Um but that one will be at Humber and Show and then be on tap here if there's any left. Um, and then same with the Smoke Poblano Pale Ale. Uh, that keg's promised to Humber and Show, but if there's any left, I'll have it here for sampling and, and bottles. Um, and then coming up, we have to see if this festival happens in October. Uh, I'll, I'll email uh, my contacts this week, and we'll let you guys know in the next episode. Uh, but that'll be October 16th in the Oakmont area. Wonderful. So just okay. keep keep it on your calendars i i heard about it this summer and i haven't heard much about it in the last couple months i want to make sure they still have spots if they do we will be there yeah um and then drink the cookie table on november 6th that we mentioned at the top of the podcast get your tickets now yeah. and everybody if you're wondering and you're in the in the greensburg area buy some tickets come on down to Humber and chill uh they if they're not sold out they will sell them at the door but i think they're a little more expensive at the door so go ahead and get them online It'll just give you an e-ticket to, to get into the festival. And it's a great festival, too. I've gone to it now uh, two years in a row or two two events in a row because they didn't have it due to the thing we can't talk about. Yeah. So uh, these things are popping off, and most of them are outside. Just remember, be safe. Take care of yourselves. Don't show up and think you got to go crazy here. Just have a fun time. Right. We're there to have a good time. Yeah, and I, I yeah. do want to announce now, we are definitely for the Drink the Cookie Table event doing the Shat-Faced Pumpkin Roll Stout. And and one other, it'll be both beers will be available both sessions. So don't get uh, discouraged on what session you're going to. We'll have two identical beers at both sessions, and one of them will be the Pumpkin Roll Stout. And the other one will not be a stout, but I don't know what beer it'll be yet. If you haven't had the Shat-Faced Pumpkin Roll, stout you you need to get your hands on it because it's 
It's uh, it's a banger, man. There are people from. I think I've actually heard other brewers from like established brewers are like, this is the only pumpkin beer I want to drink. Yeah. And then that rolls us right into stout, stout yep. and porter season from there. So a lot oh, of dark yeah. beers, a lot of holiday beers are becoming, you know, once we get into November. Absolutely. And if you want to find out what's happening with Adam, all you have to do is follow him at bash underscore brew on all social media. It's Facebook and Instagram. And I still push him to get a Twitter. Don't forget to follow him on untapped. And if you want to find out what's happening with the boys, all you have to do is follow us at DecayingWTB on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And keep sending in your listener questions, comments, and whatevs to DecayingWTB at gmail.com. So from where we are in the Judgeatorium to where you are listening to the podcast, until next time, cheers. Cheers.